John 1:60-18. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light; he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The world became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, "This is the one I spoke about when I said, 'He who comes after me was sur- has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given.'" For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made Him known. Thanks very much, April. Um, I forgot to say a couple of things. One is, inside of your bulletin, there was a questionnaire. Um, if you can, if you're a regular member of the church, and uh, if you could answer this questionnaire and put a, give it to one of the ushers, that would be great. Um, and also, the second thing that I want to say is uh, um, global, global handicrafts. Sorry. Um, we support one of the uh, mission partners that we support is Crossroads, and Crossroads has a relationship with uh, the global handicrafts. This is uh, fair trade uh, uh, crafts uh, from all around the world. Um, so they make sure that people who made them get enough of the uh, profits so that they can continue living. And so you, if you um, still haven't done uh, Christmas shopping and you need uh, stocking fillers and things, um, do stop by Clarissa. Um, there will be a table down there with a craft uh, things um, down there. And uh, also, obviously, there will be a bookstall uh, down there, uh, downstairs as well. So do your last-minute shopping here. Um, we don't make any profits. All the, the profits go through the books and um, uh, to, um, uh, to global, uh, global handicrafts. But anyway, let's come to this text and let's pray that God will speak to us now. Let's pray. Lord, we give you great thanks that you are speaking, God, that you created the heavens and the earth by your word. And we thank you that the word was made flesh and that um, he is alive and he speaks to us. And we pray uh, that living word, um, the word that can shape our minds and hearts and give, uh, breathe new life, um, you will speak to us this morning as we come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Christmas is a gift gift giving season, gift-receiving season. So if I could just ask quickly, I know there are many children around as well because Kingdom Kids are with us. Um, what, what's the best gift that you've ever received, the gift that you are most thankful for? Can you shout out a few answers? Je- Jesus. Well done. Well done. I think. Anyone, anyone else? Wow, it's a lacking crowd participation here. 
often the gifts that we're most thankful for are the gifts that we really couldn't afford ourselves, the gifts that we really couldn't get ourselves. When I asked uh, Joyce, our church secretary, what are you most thankful for? Um, not just about gift, but just what, when have you been most thankful? And she said that uh, she was most thankful when she gave birth to her first son. Uh, previously, she had been told that her pregnancy would be very difficult. Um, and... Uh, um, if not impossible, and she had a miscarriage before, and so when she gave birth and held the son, she was uh, 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 she she was um, overwhelmed by this immense sense of gratitude towards God because this wasn't something that she could do by herself. She thought, well, this was impossible, and God gave it um, gave the son to her. And on Christmas Day, we remind ourselves that we too have received an impossible gift, a gift that we really needed. You might not have known it, but we really needed it. And something that we couldn't get ourselves, and a very different kind of gift. So, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. God's gift to earth, to all of us, but the world treated him like a pair of socks that we didn't need. Take a look at verses 10 and 11. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. People rejected this gift, this gift that Isaiah prophesied, the gift that goes all the way back to Genesis 3 as we read. People rejected this gift. And John makes sure that we know that this was everybody, everybody rejected this gift. Look how he repeats the same idea in verses 10 and 11. In 10, he says, he came to the world, but the world did not recognize him. And then verse 11 He repeats the same line with a little bit of a variation. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I don't think John is making just a simple repetition here. Um, In verse 10, he talked about the world. He talked about the whole creation and the Gentiles, all of us, how we did not recognize him. Even though he created us, we did not recognize Christ. But then, more remarkably, John tells us that he came to his own, in verse 11, to the Jews, people who were entrusted with the law, the people um, to whom God revealed himself exclusively so that others might come to know Jesus as well, God as well. The religious people, people who go to the temple, people who worship Yahweh God, they didn't recognize Jesus either. He came to his own, and his own rejected him. Everybody rejected Christ. We tend to divide the world into moral people and immoral people, religious people and people with false religions, the orthodox people and the heterodox people. But when it comes to sin, John, Paul, Jesus, the Bible make no distinctions. We are all sinners. Everyone's included. And Paul will later on write in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. None recognized God's authority. All ignored him and actively uh, rebelled against him and lived their lives um, their own ways. We have all done this. So this is how John starts the beginning of his gospel. And this is really the beginning of the gospel story. The good news, as uh, Rebecca mentioned in her testimony, part of us recognizing the good news of Jesus Christ is recognizing that we are all sinners, that we are beyond salvation by ourselves. 
We cannot divide the world into good people and bad people. That's not the, the distinction that the Bible makes. We are all sinners in need of God's salvation. But that's not the end of the Christmas story because that would be a very depressing story if that were the end. Look at verse 12 and 13. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. He came so that all of us might know him, come to trust him as our Lord, so that we might be born again. That we might be born of God. And you see what Jesus is saying, what John is saying. He's saying Christianity was never about being good. We think that. We think that if we come to church, we become good people. But that's not what Christianity is about. That's not why Jesus came. The gospel say, says that, the, that, that our problem isn't that we, are more relig- we aren't more religious, more good. The gospel says that, that, uh, doesn't say that we need to try harder, that Jesus is just a good example of what we should be. What John is saying, what the gospel says, is that we are all sinners and we, we need a rebirth. We need a gift that only God can give to us. We need to be born of God. Our fundamental orientation needs to be changed. We need to be transformed at the root. We need to be radically transformed. And I know uh, the, the word for radical um, it comes from Latin. It means at the root. Radix is root. We need to be transformed at the root. We need to be born again. And uh, John will illustrate this point later on. And this is really an introduction to the go- John's gospel. And John will later talk about Nicodemus in chapter 3. Nicodemus was a man who seemed like he had it all together. He was a Jewish rabbi. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He was in every way respectable and good. He's the sort of person who would have said to Jesus, I have kept all these things. But look at what what Jesus says to Nicodemus, this good person. He says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Once again, I want to go back to um, uh, John 1. Christianity is not about being like Nicodemus, a good religious, law-abiding people. When Jesus says, you are a sinner, I want you to come. Salvation doesn't mean you were bad, now I want you to be good. You were disobedient, now I want you to clean up your life. You are irreligious, now I want you to come to church. That's not what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. It can't mean that because Nicodemus was doing all of that before. He came for something much more revolutionary. He came to give us a new life. He came to forgive us our sins. He came to restore us back to God. He came to breathe a new life unto us. He came to give us second birth. And that's what baptism symbolizes. They will go under the water and they'll come back up again. They will die and they will rise again with Christ. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, born of God. So if you believe that Jesus came to make you a better person, 
If you are feeling superior to those people who might be sitting around you or people who are outside of the church, you haven't really understood the gospel. The gospel says we're all sinners. The gospel says we all need to be born again. And you see why then Jesus came. He's the only person who could do that for us. We needed a solution that was bigger than human beings. It needed to come from God. So we, because we needed God to save us, God came down. John says famously in verse 14, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, the Word pitched a tent. And it's not because um, Jesus liked camping that John says it's, uh, the, the Word pitched a tent. He brings us, he's bringing us back to the time of Exodus when God's glory, remember, lived in a tent. This tent traveled, traveled with, the, uh, with the Israelites out of Exodus. What John is saying is that Old Testament God, that glory of God, the tabernacle, he tabernacled among us in Christ. And that's why he goes on to write, we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And that phrase, full of grace and truth, also brings us back to the Exodus. Exodus chapter 34, when God describes himself as a being who is full of loving kindness or grace. And the truth, the glory of God that Moses saw appeared in front of us in Jesus. And the emphasis is unmistakable. Human beings needed a savior a human person who could represent us. But only God could save. So the word became flesh. He came down to be one of us. About four years ago, I was called to come to this church uh, from England. I was, uh, uh, and I often think about what made Dale and the church committee to call me. Because if you think about the whole, my application, I'm sure they had a lot of reservations. I was very young. I was 31 at the time. I had not had any real experience of running a church. Of course, God knows what he's doing, and he, he's the ultimately uh, the one who called me. Um, but I think one of the things that made them think maybe this would be a good fit, f- good fit was the fact that I'm Korean-American. I'm Korean. I was born in Korea, but I grew up large uh, a part of my life. Um, in, I spent a large part of my life in the U.S. And this church is made up of about 40% expat, 50%, I think, uh, 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 Chinese uh, members, um, and about 10% um, Filipino uh, members here. And the fact that I can relate to the Asian culture and the Western culture, um, I think might have been one of the reasons why um, I was called. Well, if you think about who Jesus is, how, why, how Jesus is the perfectly qualified Savior. He is God, and only God can save us. But we need a human person to represent us, to die for us. And you see the connection there. God then becomes a man. God becomes flesh. And let me say... So if you are looking for salvation, if you're looking for um, meaning of life, or if you're basically, uh, more basically, looking for God, let me say, it begins with Jesus, and it ends with Jesus too. Think about all the other religious founders. All other religious founders say, 
There is a way. Let me point you to that way. But Jesus says, I am the way. John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you're looking for salvation, you need to look to Jesus. If you're looking to see who God is, you need to look to Jesus. It's not in philosophical arguments. He didn't give us more proofs about existence of God. He didn't give us clever arguments. He gave the person of Jesus Christ. We need to look to his birth, his life, his death and resurrection. The word became flesh. And that makes sense of also why John would then say, um, in verse 16, grace in the place of grace. And take a look at uh, how John continues here. Out of his fullness, we all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace upon grace. Um, Let me try to explain this in a simple way. Uh, First, grace was given through Moses, the law. The Jews were given the law, and that was an act of grace. Giving the law meant that, that... the Jews, they, they were God's people who had been set apart for a special mission. It told them they no longer had to guess also of what God wanted from people. Um, law made it clear who God was and God, what God wanted. So that was grace. But out of the fullness of Jesus Christ, God's grace, um, different kind of grace is given. Even when the Jews had the, um, the law, they disobeyed. Even when the world went ignoring um, their own creators, creator, God loved the world and sent his son so that he could give us life. He could give this new life as a gift, as an unearned gift. He will fulfill all that the law requires, and then he will go to his death, and he will rise again. He lived his life for us. And once again, if you think about what that means, God just stressed that he is a different kind of savior than the world had ever seen. Jesus didn't come into the world. God didn't come into the world so that he could demand um, bad people to be good, so that irreligious people could start going to church. He didn't do, he, he came so that he could give his life for us, that he would live a perfectly righteous life so that he would die that death for us, and he would rise again for us, that we may share in his resurrection. It's a different kind of a gift. There's a retired pastor, Dick Lucas of St. Helens, um, who imagined a dialogue between Christian and his uh, non-religious neighbor. The pagan neighbor says, Oh, I hear you're a Christian. Great, a new religion. Tell me, where is your temple? And the Christian would say, well, we don't have a tabernacle or temple anymore because Jesus is our temple. Oh, but where then do your priests do their thing? Priests have a, a need to have a place to do their thing. And the Christian says, well, sorry, we don't actually have any priests because Jesus is our priest. What? Says the neighbor. But where do they then do their sacrifices? You know, um, you have to curry favor with the gods. You have to do this and that, the ritual observance and all that. There are rules and regulations and sacrifices. Where do you do these things? And the Christian says, well, we don't have sacrifices anymore because Jesus 
What was our sacrifice? And finally, the, neighborhood, the neighbor would say, what kind of religion is this? And the answer is, well, it's not a kind of religion at all. All other religions say, if you do all of this, then you're accepted. Christianity says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He did all the things that we need to do to be accepted. And to those who would receive him, to those who, believe, who would believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the opposite, isn't it? All other religions says, live this way and you'll be accepted. Christianity says, you're accepted because of what Jesus has done. Now live this way. Christmas means end of religion as we know it. We don't get try harder. We get you need a rebirth. You don't get a religion. You don't get rituals. You don't get more laws. You get a person of Jesus Christ who lived this perfect life, the only person who could save us. We don't get do this and do that. In Christmas, we remind ourselves that it's all been done in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your coming. We thank you that he was born as a baby. He lived um, as a man. He lived this perfect and righteous life that what he has earned, he gives to us. And we thank you for the new life that we've been given. And we pray that in this Christmas season that you will root us um, deeper into this truth. uh, That we might come to praise you with all of our being as we're reminded of what you have done for us. And as we go downstairs, we pray that you'll remind us of the grace that has been given to all of us, the offer that is, that, that, that is given to all of us as we witness um, the baptism of um, Kai and Jeremy and Rebecca, and that you'll help us to recommit our faith in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.